Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. It is week four in the SEC and really for everyone in college football. We have so, so much to get to. Uh, it's kind of weird to be back in FaceTime mode with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're a couple in a long distance relationship. Uh, we see each other every couple months and uh, then we could just go back to FaceTime. Yeah, Thoughts? I, I agree with that. I mean, it's weird the way you, you phrase it like that since we were literally just at a resort together. Um, but yeah, we should go to Sandals more often. Yeah, we, we should definitely do that. Uh, get a couple's massage, do the whole thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we do have a ton to get to today. We're going to talk about all the big headliner games in the SEC. Uh, we've got some fourth and Ron that we're going to get to. We also have a beef that I think we just started today that I'm I, kind of responsible for. Uh, and I'm going to keep it going because you... Oof. I, uh, I poked the bear. We'll, we'll get to that. I promise yeah, it is, it is worth your time. Somebody's going to put the leash time. on Uncle Chris, so I don't, I, this is. <laughs> it's going to get ugly. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've got a ton of other stuff to get to, some over-under stuff that we're going to do, and some gambling information from Uncle Chris. But before we do all that, got to talk to you guys about our new friends at Hood Hat. Yes, Hood Hat. What is Hood Hat exactly? Uh, it's a hot new hat company out of LA that sells luxury snapback hats. They just launched their legend collection, which includes college football towns of SEC schools like Athens, uh, College Station. We've got you know Davis Wade, that's from Mississippi State, of course. We've got Death Valley. We've got Jordan Hare. This is a totally different way to rep your team. So support your school or alma mater and its hood by going to hoodhat.com and use your discount code Hood USA for 20% off. That's Hood USA. Go to hoodhat.com. H O O D H A T.com. Click the legend collection and use Hood USA for 20% off. Also, give them a follow on Instagram. That's at Hood Hat USA uh, for more discounts, product reviews to be featured. So, our friends at Hood Hat. Very, very cool stuff. Definitely go check that out. I saw that on Instagram. I was like, "Damn, these, yeah. these things are these things are pretty sweet." I'm not even a snapback guy, and I was like, "These are these are pretty cool." Well, as you know, the, that's what all the cool kids are doing well, now. Saw a lot of those cool at Ole Miss. Uh, we got to the Grove uh, six hours early, so I've I've invested in quite a bit of snapbacks. No, actually, they look pretty cool. They look legit. I like them. Uh, that that might be your second best invitation next to Coach <laughs> to Joe. Who, who, am to, intimid- who, who am I intimidating? I'm all fired up right now. Yeah. Let's just... get you. Let's get you even more fired up. Let's talk A and M Bama because uh, that is the game with two ranked teams this weekend in the SEC. Uh, a lot of questions going into this one. Mainly, is Tua going to play a full game? Is that a realistic God. question? It's all I want for Christmas. I put that on the on Twitter yesterday. I just I want that to happen so badly. Um, but do you? Because if he's playing in a full game, that means you're sweating until the fourth quarter. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean, it does. I well, I, yeah. I guess I guess with saving, it probably does. I just, oh man, it'd be great to watch. It'd be great to watch. I, I don't. This so this game is interesting. Like this game is always, it's always built up to be like Bama LSU. I feel like every time we play A and M, like this is like the first time in about three to four years we're playing A and M without them having an off week before they play Bama. Um, every time this game happens, I feel like A and M's undefeated. They are in the top ten. They're coming off a bye week. And then they just get destroyed. They weren't last year because um, they lost the opener to UCLA because of the collapse. But they did <laughs> hang with Bama, and it was right. only a, a one-touchdown game. The year before, game. they were ranked ninth, I think. Was, no, that's 20, 2016, they were ranked sixth because I paid a right. lot of money for those tickets. 
Or no, uh, 2016, they, they were ranked They were ranked fourth in the playoff rankings. Yeah, they came in because right. they came in way too high, and it was higher than the AP rankings. Everybody was right. like, wait, why are they in the top four? And they were winning 14 to 13 in the third quarter. Yeah, I that that to me was like that. Then of course you know Bama you know blew the brakes off them, and that was yeah. all she wrote for A and M season. And but, the year before that, they were they were at ninth. But here's the thing: we could talk about history with A and M. It's a new era. It's Jimbo Fisher. It's Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban in the SEC Part One. I'm excited for that aspect alone. I know that Jimbo Fisher doesn't necessarily have the roster that right. he's going to in a few years with you know getting top three recruiting classes and stuff like that. But I think our, our perspective of this game has changed maybe just a tiny, tiny bit because of what A&M did against Clemson. Agreed. If A&M yeah. had just gotten killed against Clemson, we'd be like, all right, you know, Bama's just going to boat race them by 60 and it's going to get really ugly right. in a hurry. But I think the fact that they actually showed that they're relevant, Kellen Mond looked tremendous. 430 through the air. Had no Only interceptions in the country without with was it you threw the set out the other day it was I, th- I threw the set out the other day and then of course I was wrong because Connor's always wrong right you were uh, wrong I've been putting that everywhere no 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 so there's it was only one there's only one other Power Five quarterback who's done it and it's it's uh, Texas Tech it's uh, Texas Tech I'm blanking on the, the name of the starting quarterback there um, but he's one of two Power Five quarterbacks in the country oh, cool. and I, I had a response in that tweet but it's still an impressive stat nonetheless that Kellen Mond is one of two Power Five quarterbacks in the country who's thrown for at least. 800 passing yards and has zero interceptions on the season. You know what's more impressive than that? Being right so your your podcast part doesn't look like an idiot all over the internet more than he already does. I'm uh, sorry. No, it's, I mean, these are two good quarterbacks. He, I mean, Kellen Mond has looked really good in this offense. And Jimbo Fisher, um, who people say is a quarterback whisperer, which I don't know how he whispers because he's talking about a mile a minute, man. He's coming, talking real fast all the time. I'm like, just reading, you know, we got Nick coming in here this weekend. We're going to be going out Tuscaloosa and we're not going to be at College Station for the first time all year. People are going to look at their podcast and be like, did I press the 1.5, the fast No, it's button? just that Jimbo Fisher, he talks like every person who's trying to avoid the subject when they owe you money. That's exactly how Jimbo Fisher approaches every conversation he has. Like, no, 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 I know, I know, it's coming to you. It's, it's Venmo. When my Venmo app doesn't work, I mean, I use a cash app sometimes, but sometimes I use Venmo. It's just, I mean, do you have PayPal? <laughs> Jimbo, we just ask if the running back rotation is still in, in play. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I was surprised that the line was 27 and a half. I wasn't. <laughs> so I'll be honest. And I've been an A&M. I, I, have, I have applauded A&M for the job that it has done in the first part of the season. Even, even against Northwestern State, I was like, hey, you know, this is an FCS team. But I thought a lot of the, the things that we saw from the offense and from Kellen Mond in particular were really encouraging. And the fact that Jimbo has actually used this thing in, that's called a tight end, which is very unfamiliar. Right. Uh, shout out to our guy, uh, Coach Brewster. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the, the, one of the things that we're going to look at in this game is can Jimbo play with some tempo? We've seen the teams that are able to beat Nick Saban and to, to be able to go over the top of that defense, you got to use some sort of tempo and you got to be able to stretch the field. Jimbo historically has not been a guy who has liked using that tempo. It's been more of the pro-style thing. And he's been willing to kind of get away from some of that with Kellen Mond because he can do so many different things. But right. how does Jimbo adjust? And will he just try and be you know this, this guy who wants to, to line it up and to – to try and run Travion Williams 25 times because that's not going to work. <laughs> God, we've, seen, so. we've seen that movie before. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and he leads the SEC in rushing. He has like almost 400 yards in about three games, something like that. And he obviously got a large chunk of that against Northwestern State. I I think this will be closer. I, actually, I don't even want to finish that sentence. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because like I thought Ole Miss would be close. Closer than the experts say. Is yeah, the sure. Say. I mean, like closer than the experts think. I, I mean, Quinton Williams, yeah. You have it. I mean, is the highest rated defender against the run in the country. 
That's according to Pro Football Focus. And Deontay right. Thompson and Quinton Williams are actually the two highest-rated defenders overall of anyone. So Shannon, that, I mean, Shannon Sharp last week said that Deontay Thompson is the best safety he's seen since Sean Taylor. We need to keep bringing that up because people can't forget that. Because if Deontay Thompson, I, I like Deontay Thompson. We've seen some really good things from him yeah. and the Alabama secondary in the first couple games here, or first few games here. But if that turns out to be a, a cold take, that we, we need to Shane make sure Sharp that that's man. Doesn't... I love that guy. He used to be at the bar I used to work at back in the day. He'd come in a lot. You're, listen, I, listen, you don't know shame until you've ridden in whatever cycling BS class my girlfriend made me go to at the time and ride next to Shannon Sharp. You don't get it. You're wearing a neon workout shirt right now, a little peel behind the onion. Yeah, we, don't need to, we don't need to tell the listeners that. We do I got not. dressed up today. I got a button down on. Sick brag for you. Uh, Best button down I own out of two. <laughs> no, I mean, I, this game, I, yeah, I don't see Mon putting up those kind of numbers against Clemson. I don't really think we know how good Bama's defense is yet because the offenses they've gone up against, which I think is – the only reason I bring that up is because – Every time you see anything about a Bama offense-related stat or a Tua stat, it's immediately met with just, what's the best way to put this? A um, uh, yeah, but? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, but hurt, but yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then coming in with from, like, from other SEC fans, like, well, they ain't played nobody yet. I'm like, hey, this is what the offense looks like, guys. And right. you're on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and I would also I would beg to differ that the Ole Miss offense is we think is can be one of the best in the country. And that was an Alabama defense that put the clamps on after that first play. And I think that there's right. something to be said for doing that, especially in Oxford. But here's the thing: Kellen Mond is still the best quarterback in terms of a dual threat, in terms of skill set that Alabama has seen thus far. And he had a little bit of success against Bama last year. People might forget about that that rollout touchdown that he had to Christian Kirk. That was pretty impressive and I think right. that he wasn't scared of the moment last year now obviously Kellen Mond had his struggles in 2017 and he obviously he is a much different quarterback in 2018 but I think what we see from him what if he has a Clemson-like game against Bama I, I know I don't know I, I I don't think it's going to happen but what if I, I'm just saying hypothetically let's can we even throw out that scenario like is that even a, a, a okay. thought um this is this is going to come off as me being a Bama homer yes yeah. it is I, I'm I'm trying not to do The giggle that. already did. Because <laughs> here's why. I've seen this happen every time they play AM. I've seen Johnny Manziel put up 630 yards of offense and lose. I've also seen him beat him. Totally get it. Sure, he could throw for 430 yards against that Alabama defense. I don't think he will. But if he does, then that leads to the next question, which is how is that defense going to stop Tua for 60 minutes? And that's the maybe the bigger question. Mike Elko is definitely the best defensive mind that that Bama has seen thus far. Except I do for believe the one in they that. see every day in practice, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like in an actual game in 2018, but you had to go there. Um, the last thing I want to touch on with this game, Jalen Hurts' watch is going to be in full effect, especially if this one gets out of hand early. Panda watch. I already think that. <laughs> I already think that that the possibility of him redshirting is out the window unless he quits the team, but him playing in a fourth game would sort of force the action a little bit, and it would force him to make a decision, it would force Nick Saban to make a decision, and we yeah. would just be at a different place if that fourth game was indeed used up. I think that's something that we still need to watch for, and whether or not this game is is you know decided in the first half or it's decided down the stretch, it's still something that you know we're going to need to follow. I don't think this game will be decided down the stretch, but... I, I mean, it could. You never know. I, it, it's Jimbo's got a good group of players. I, I see. This is this is the main main storyline for me. It's Panda watch Jalen Hurts. 
Panda Watch. Let's move on. If you guys on. haven't seen Anchorman, definitely. No, I'm being serious. I think that that's like the real story here because is this his last game that he plays at, plays in at Bama? That's a real possibility. Does he come off the field, give a Luke Gehrig speech? You just liken Jalen Hurts to a panda. That's more of what I. No, you know. it's the panda panda watch. I know it's Anchorman. But I, 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 know, I know. I know the reference. You've seen I'm Anchorman. Just saying, I've seen Anchorman. I own it. I, I saw the second one. It was extremely disappointed because I thought it was incredibly yeah, it was awful. They got the whole whole set of them on Laserdisc. That's that's even more impressive. Let's move on to Georgia and Mizzou. The big storyline in this one, of course, the matchup that we're all going to be watching out for is Rodrigo Blanket. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> they, he was the kicker of the week. He was kicker of the week. The kicker He's from the Mizzou. Man. Yeah. Uh, the, the matchup, of course, that we're all looking for is Drew Locke against that Georgia defense. Part two, we saw in the first half last year in Athens that Drew Locke has some game, and he was on fire in the first yeah. half, and it looks like he couldn't be stopped. Then, of course, in the second half, he was indeed stopped. Right. Kirby Smart said on the SEC coaches teleconference that it wasn't necessarily uh, big wholesale adjustments that they had to make in the second half of that game. It was more so of just like, it, from an execution standpoint, guys just weren't necessarily in the right place at the right time. Being able to to kind of have a little bit of a little bit more knowledge and understanding Drew Locke's skill set, I think, um, is going to be beneficial to Georgia. But at the same right. time, what what from this year has suggested that Drew Locke won't be ready for the challenge? That's, there, that's the, the other side of the argument here. So my favorite part of this is all the people that are Georgia fans that, that I live with, and well, not like personally, but, you know, in the state. And I love how, like, Missouri's a good football team. They're undefeated, right? You were talking them up. You're saying second place yeah. in the division. Let's not forget that. I said that. second place in the division. I, Georgia fans act like they didn't just win by one point their last time to Como. Georgia fans act like they didn't get embarrassed at home by Missouri in 2013. Yeah, I think comparing the 2016 Georgia team to the 2018 Georgia team, or really even well, the 2016 let's compare, to the Let's compare 2016 and 2015 when they won by a total of four points. Or last year when, when Missouri came in here and put up 21 in the first half against them. And then you have all week on social media Georgia fans going, I'm not worried about no team that just barely beat Purdue. Well, you know what? You probably should, but also you probably shouldn't because they gave up 574 yards passing. And I just kind of wanted to get on my soapbox for a minute and just kind of bring Georgia fans down a little bit, back to life. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Georgia but fans. Think, will, Georgia fans I will think, quickly point out that that they won by twenty five last year, despite the fact that you yeah, they did, the which is half. crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I want. I think I'm only saying it because I love, I love being on a soapbox. Obviously, um, <laughs> it's besides the beach, it's my favorite place to be. I, I just, I wish this would be a game because it's. I mean, it's a noon kick, which sucks. That I mean, this that's the most Big Ten thing Missouri could do. I'm surprised this was a noon kick. I'm, yeah. I'm legitimately I mean, surprised I'm not, it was. Like they, they have a really good basketball program, and they're good at academics. They're not fit for the SEC. They're fit for the Big Ten. Anyway, uh, I mean, Coming I still think they're hot. Good. Goodness <laughs> well, gracious. I just, mainly the kick. I just think that Georgia, Georgia's really talented. This is, it'll be interesting to see, you know, we saw it, what it looked like with Fromm in for three going into the fourth quarter, I guess, against South Carolina, and they you know, handled that pretty well. 11 a.m. kick, a little bit different. Um, I, I don't want to say going to face a Derek Dooley offense is going to be the difference maker. It is. It, the question is, what which which luck is going to show up? Which I mean, wow, which lock, lock is going to show up? Yeah, the almost, lock almost luck thing. By the way, when when Drew Lock gets to the NFL, that's going to be a common mix up. Yeah. I'm I'm already uh, on record saying that. I can't. I don't know if Drew Lock can grow a neck beard. Oh, maybe maybe not. Here's here's. Here's a stat that I want uh, that I want people to consider because 
I believe in Drew Locke, and I understand that he was really, really good down the stretch last year. He's been great to start off the season. And this is to the point that I was that I was going at earlier about what is suggested that he won't be able to right. handle this challenge. So Drew Locke has, since the start of the, the 2016 season, Drew Locke has had five games against SEC teams with winning conference records. That means if you're 4-4 four and four in the SEC, you don't count. In those five games, Drew Locke, 0-5. All right, whatever. You want to throw a record out and you say record's overrated as a quarterback, that's fine. How about the fact that Mizzou scored 15.7 points a game, Drew Locke completed 49.7% of his passes, he threw for 6.3 yards per attempt, and his TD to interception ratio was 7-7. So, just saying. I mean, that ain't good. It's not good, and a lot of that came against Georgia. A lot of that came against Georgia. So, here's what I'll say about Locke, in, in that I'm not a believer that you can just expect to hit on big plays all the time. Georgia is too good. Georgia will adjust. I'm also not a believer that he's not he's going to be able to dink and dunk his way to a billion yards no. and constantly just dominate this defense. I don't think that they have the 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 advantage at the line of scrimmage. I think it's more telling almost that so Georgia comes into this game ranked last in the country in sacks. Georgia's not been right. able to that's get the, the, the pass big. rush. And the secondary has been that good. So this goes into the what I've been saying all offseason about this belief that Georgia, after second and 26, the secondary is going to play like a unit possessed. And I think that they show up to this one upset that people are even talking about the first half of last year, and they make a big-time statement. Well, and also, you're not going to run the ball in Georgia. You're not going to run the ball on a Kirby Smart defense or Kirby, at all. Kirby Smart did say that Mizzou's run game is more physical, and it I is. think that's, that's what he's also telling his guys because he doesn't want this to be a game where somehow – Georgia gets caught off guard, much like it did last year. So I think that's and something to worth that's at least worth watching a touch. But I agree that they're not going to be able Missouri's to run Missouri's run to game tonight. too. Ever since I don't know if it was Heupel's offense or when they were under Gary Pinkle, but it used to be so many stretch plays, so many, so many plays like trying to stretch out a defense, go sideline to sideline, and and just get to like a boundary, and it was tough to watch because everything's so slow developing and these wide splits and all this other stuff. And you don't really see that as much anymore. It's more of like an aggressive north and south, like, you know, physical nature. But, and, and Emmanuel Hall's back on the outside, right. which is big. I mean, but we've already seen what, quote-unquote, elite receivers have done against this defense. We're not good. Not good. Um, and this is a – we're going to talk a lot about Drew Locke, but don't, don't forget, too, that this was a career-high game for, for Jake Fromm last year, and he yeah. threw for over 300 yards against that Mizzou defense, which did not look good at all last Imagine week. what Kyle Schirmer would have done, dude. All right, we'll get to that later. Big game for Drew Locke's bank account, definitely at the next level. I see. I got so mad when I read this in our notes. Oh, because I, I had a typo. Because you last week to our boy JT. Because I, I had a typo and I wrote... Oh, because it said hug? <laughs> I wrote a hug, a game, hug game for Locke's bank account. It is a hug game because he will want to hug his bank account if he goes off. Yeah, that's also true. Off, but so. I mean, no, I don't want to jinx him because I, I, I really I like Locke a lot. Yeah, Drew Locke uh, unfiltered is, is fun. I think people are going to yeah. continue to learn that as well. Let's, let's stick in the division. Let's talk about a game that oh. used to be a little bit different in terms of expectations going in. It's Florida. It's Tennessee. The good news for both of these teams is this. The game will be over at some point. The game is going to end, and there will be a winner. Neither of these teams have won an SEC game since September of 2017, and if that's worded wrong, I apologize, but if you treat them as just a collective team, Florida slash Tennessee, neither has recorded a win since September of 2017. That, of course, was Florida when it beat Vandy, and Tennessee did not win an SEC game last year. 
Yeah, so this used to be my favorite game growing up. I knew you were gonna go there right to start. I mean, because it was so much fun. It was so much fun. This is this is. I wrote this this morning. This article will be out tomorrow, or tonight, actually Wednesday, and I think it's pertinent. Yeah, that's right. Good word. I said that word Good almost word. right. Um, here you go. Are you ready? Just like boy bands and a thriving economy, this rivalry also peaked in the '90s. Florida heads to Tennessee in a game that used to be like a heavyweight title fight. Now, it feels like we're watching two former WWE champs in their 60s fight at whatever municipal complex that will pay them $15 in rural East Tennessee. I that's feel a, like that's pretty accurate. Goodness gracious, that is a, that's a lot. There's a I'm lot feeling to myself dissect. today, as yeah, you can, I can tell. I can definitely tell. <laughs> but I mean, no, like this game, I just I almost feel like as an SEC fan, and I'm not saying this to come down on either team or, or program or anything like that, I'm just saying it as purely as a fan. I feel like I'm being robbed of something when this game is not at its, like, not peak, but when it's, you know, a well above average competitive game. I, I would agree with that. And I think that the, the difference, at least with this year's game, because it's going to have a lot of flashbacks to that, that brutal game last year, <laughs> at least the difference this year is both of these teams aren't coming in ranked like they were last year. That's, that's, isn't that amazing? Ranked? They're both you, ranked. What's amazing, and, and being there, John Kelly. On the goal line, Butch Jones is like, you know what would be better than this? Trash not, cans. Yeah, definitely. Definitely trash cans. Not your best offensive player. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's not last year. Thank God. It's it's not. And the good news is that I think actually in terms of perspective and what this means for both of these programs, I'd argue the importance is really significant. And I would argue that this is something where if you're a first-year coach, which both of these guys are, you're talking right. about Dan Mullen and Jeremy Pruitt, this is a, a big game in terms of like just getting the the fan support that you kind of need to show. Hey, we can beat our rivals. You can say that beating your rivals is so big in recruiting. Yeah. And that's that's what this comes down to. And if you're trying to move on from the disaster that was last right. year, having a win in a game that maybe you look legit, you get kind of fans saying, "Oh, maybe like you know, maybe the rebuild isn't going to take." quite as long as we thought that's right. what kind of kind of happened from a game like this and i'm not saying that it will for either team but no, no it will we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump to conclusions either way with with the winner of this game right i mean yeah the, i mean what's sad about this and, and and i'm circle back to your point in a second what's sad about this is this isn't even the biggest divisional game being played in the state on saturday oh, carolina that's... vandy has probably bigger implications at the end of the year for because I think Carolina finishes ahead of both these teams um, in the division. But here's the thing, and touching back to like or touching on what you said about it being a rivalry game, this is a rivalry game. This used to be a, one of the most heated rivalry games for each team for the whole year. And you know, I think Florida will beat Florida State because Florida State couldn't beat Air right now. They're real bad. Um, real bad. Tennessee's not going to beat Bama, and neither one of these teams is going to beat Georgia. But this is a rivalry game that is manageable, and they can win. And that is a stepping stone. That is a building block. That is brick by brick how you build the foundation of a where program. I, being where serious, have I heard so. that before? Where have I, that sounds very <laughs> no, but, familiar. I mean, I, it's almost like, and I, I'm not trying to discount or dismiss the, the verity of this game and how impactful and important it is to either program, but this is like a low-hanging fruit Big time win. Does that make sense? I, yeah, no, no, no. That's okay. that's exactly. Well, not that's, it didn't make sense in my head. No, right. No, that that was the point that I was trying to get to. I think yeah. that is a hundred percent right. And I think that air. Uh, that was good. That was we were in rhythm there. It must have been the the weekend at Sandals. That's right. Um, I think 
I think for uh, goodness gracious, that was a nice like tug at your mic. I was um, <laughs> just laughing. Apologize for our for our listeners who heard Sorry. that. Um, so I, I think that this game is actually a little bit more important for for perspective for Florida, just because yeah. you've already got the Kentucky loss under your belt. If you've lost at home to Kentucky and you've lost at Tennessee, that's not a that's that, that's a tough thing to be able to to kind of get behind to and, say and out really loud in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not to say that I would like bail in the Dan Mullen era, and I know if people if they lose at Tennessee and they're like allowing a ton of points, it's where are we at as a program? I know that that'll be the conclusion that we jump to, given what is already happening against Kentucky. But right. I, I do think that there's something to be said for just kind of believing that Dan Mullen can work with with some of these pieces that they have uh, yeah. on offense and actually beat a defense that. Um, I know it's coming off a shutout, but does a UTEP shutout They've got really three count? Points. They've got three points in the past two weeks. That's almost. Hold on. That's that's less than three points a game. That's pretty good. That's pretty good math. I mean, but you. no, seriously, like you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to like bail on the Mullen era, but you might want to yeah. put it on the back burner until 2019 if you lose this game. Yeah, absolutely. It don't get no easier. <laughs> let's uh, let's stick with the team that Florida lost to a couple weeks ago, and that is Kentucky getting wow. to play its first SEC home game of the season. A sneaky good game. Gets, Kentucky gets to host Mississippi State, and this game is much like I think the the perspective of the Bama A and M game shifted a, shifted a touch based on something that happened in in week two. I think Mississippi State Kentucky shifted a touch based mm-hmm. on what both of these teams did in week two. Really, okay, um, that's, that's better. Okay, yeah, I no, I I, I had to I had to finish that thought. I couldn't let you interject with that because I could have been caught at a really bad place with that. Um, sneaky best game of the week in the SEC though. Are it we is, on board with that? I think it is the best game. The next two games we're going to talk about this one and the one following it. Which is obviously Louisiana Tech uh, and LSU. No, I'm kidding. This I think these two are the best, most competitive games in the conference. And I'm very proud of you for not leading with your alma mater, Mississippi State, and talking about them first and giving you know kudos to Kentucky. Fun fact: uh, I did not go to Mississippi State, but I do play someone uh, who did so on TV. So um, I totally messed that up. <laughs> Kylan Hill and Benny Snell is the running back battle that we never knew we wanted, but we're gonna get. Snell, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, part of me, part of me hopes that the Benny Snell Heisman campaign, uh, Benny the Bandit, my bad, can continue for the next two months, just so that we get unfiltered Benny Snell. Um, he. That is the best kind of Benny Snell. He's. This is how I feel. I'm traject or my. Yeah, I'm trajecting right now. Is that what you call it? Yeah, sure. That's a good word. Projecting. No, I think tra- like the trajectory of how I'm oh, feeling. Oh, tra- yeah, yeah. My okay. confidence right here. This is my. You can see it right here in the FaceTime. My confidence. If you guys can't see it because you can't, you're at home. It's a 45 degree angle. It is trending upwards. Um, probably a dangerous level to be honest. I'm really feeling myself today and this week after, you know, the beginning months or beginning few weeks of the season. That's Benny Snell times a million. Benny yeah. Snell don't care. I saw a picture today of him flexing. And screaming in a player's face, and I zoomed out, and it was a player from Murray State. You don't have to do all that. <laughs> Imagine what he's going to do this weekend if he scores on that on that defense. And that was that was the big headline: is Benny Snell that he, Benny Snell said that he feels like he can run on anyone. And uh, Mississippi State is not exactly anyone on the defensive line. Montez Sweat no. and Jeffrey Simmons are grown men, and yeah. that battle at the line of scrimmage is going to be a fascinating one to watch. I, I think Benny that, Snell's not by himself. <laughs> Betty sells is not by himself. He's got good old, uh, good old neighbor Terry Wilson with Take him. Take off that apron. Come say hey, Terry Wilson. <laughs> hey guys. 
Kylan Hill had the, the, the quote tweet where uh, he saw the story about Benny Snell saying that he could run on anyone, and he did like the, the laugh emojis, laugh emojis, laugh emojis. Yeah. Kylan Hill would know because he runs on that defense every single day. He also um, leads the SEC in yards per carry. Kylan Hill has been, I know he, got, he, he was banged up last week, but he's expected to be full go uh, this week against Kentucky. I, I want to see these guys go back and forth. I think that it'd be, I know they're not going to be on the field at the same time, but I think it'd be a, a, fun, a fun matchup to see both of these guys go off for like 200 some odd yards. I don't think that happens, no. but because I think both of these defense won't allow that to right. happen. But at the same time, I, I'm here for the, the, the Twitter back and forth between you know, two running backs who might not be getting enough, enough national love. I just, what is, I never thought that I'd see it day and age where all the trash talk i mean i grew up around tupac and biggie dude not around but you know i was, I was like gonna say hopefully Time not too close when I was nine. no just stone mountain it wasn't safe but it wasn't like that uh I, yeah i grew like i remember like growing up like listening to like diss tracks and like rap beef and stuff like that never thought we'd get to a point where emojis would be the crap talking going back and forth like oh yeah hold on what's a good emoji for Thank you. Like, like, what are you? Yeah, sure, man. Um, I think Benny Snell might be a little bit ahead of himself. Uh, I love the confidence, and I think Kentucky's going to have to have that like in every facet of the game come Saturday because Mississippi State is they're they're a really good team, man. They're, I mean, I saw them, I saw the full game against Kansas State, and I was I was a little not maybe surprised isn't the right word because I don't want you to gloat, but. Um, they're oh, don't worry. I'm still going to gloat, so <laughs> don't worry. Uh, Mississippi State, this is a stat that I threw out on Twitter the other day that actually was correct, so yeah. fun fact. Good. Yeah. Mississippi State is one of two Power 5 teams in the country that is plus 120 on the season. Do you know who the other team is? Alabama, sir. Lucky guess. Uh, the difference in this game, in my opinion, is whether or not Terry Wilson can take the top off the MSU secondary, stretch the field, just provide, as we've talked about so many times with Kentucky, you got to provide a compliment to Benny Snell. That's what he did against Florida. That's why they were able to end the streak. If they can do that against Mississippi State, I will be so thoroughly impressed. I, I've, I'm already on record saying I am. I was dead wrong about Kentucky. The five and seven prediction looks like absolute garbage right now. I can admit that. Humble brag. I'm really, you know, I'm yeah, just a, a humble same guy. Same here. Um, well, not the but, humble part, but, the, but I was wrong. <laughs> I, I do think though that Mississippi State is ultimately going to be able to. Uh, find a way to, to contain the Kentucky running game. Contain. Not shut down, something. but contain. Let me tell you something right now. As somebody that's been to multiple backyard barbecues at the Wilsons, this defense might as well be called a grill or a bikini because he's going to take the top off that. Boom. What do you think about that? He's not. I mean, he's not. They, they, he's going to do his best. That You're was, uncomfortable. I'm, I'm very <laughs> Just like your neighbor when you have that uncomfortable conversation that you don't know how you can get away from because you're like you turn around and you're like, I'm just gonna go to my home now. I don't yeah, wanna Thanks to the casserole, see you in a few months. <laughs> um no, I mean I I I think this game's gonna be a lot closer than people think. A ten point favorite on the road. We'll get into the pick obviously later, but that's a lot of points. And I think Kentucky is like Greg McElroy brought this up earlier this week on SEC Network that this does it does look a little bit different than the normal Kentucky we're, we're undefeated in September, and all of our dreams are still still intact. Mark Stoops, if he wins this game, gets a contract extension for life? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because if might. they lose, then it's like, all right, well, here's another yeah. season. Who cares? Yeah. See you all in the Belk Bowl. But they ended the streak. This, this season's already a win for yeah. Kentucky. 
This season is already a win. You ended the streak. There's something to be said for that. If you end the streak and go to a bowl game, that's like, man, you're, you're sitting pretty at Kentucky. You'll, you'll yeah. take that. Yeah. So let's let's stick within the division. A lot of SEC East talk today. A whole lot of SEC East talk. And this is, we're going to get into this a little bit more uh, with with uh, some of the Uncle Chris talk as well. But this is a question that's been on my mind all week, and I, I think we even we even touched on it uh, a bit on Sunday. All week, huh? <laughs> At least we. I, I've gone back and forth in my head mentally. I've played you know the ping pong in my head. South Carolina Vandy. Yes, this game is in Nashville. The spread is only two points. South Carolina is only a two-point favorite. And now, on the surface, you might be thinking, yeah, well, South Carolina didn't look as good as we thought a couple weeks ago. They had the game rained out. Maybe they come in a little bit rusty. Picture, picture a, a scenario in which any other division in the country has the number two team playing against what was predicted to be the number seven team in the country. This is a game that's being played in week four, still in September, and there's a two-point spread. That's Who's the number it. seven team in the country? Uh, number seven team in the division, my bad. Oh, number, yeah, yeah, okay. Number two team in the division versus the number seven team in the right, division. Right, right, right. And there's only two points spread. So that's basically Vegas saying that there's two points separating the the SEC East there's two through two, seven. There, well, it's a lot of parity, dude. A lot of parity. It's a lot of parity. Um, here's, here's the reason why. And this is coming from someone that's a degenerate gambler. And that is this. Vegas, when you see a line like this, I brought it up, like we said, on Saturday. And I was like, what the hell? Or on Sunday, I was like, they're a two and a half point favorite? Like... The reason why it's happening is because usually when you see a line like that, it's like, oh, it's obvious. Take Carolina. They're going to win. That's how Vegas makes all their money. They I know. just build those massive billion-dollar hotels in the middle of the desert out of nothing. That being said, yeah, take take my money because I'm, I'm going to bet on Carolina. <laughs> uh, that's fine. I think I'm sure, Vegas. But I think, I think the reason why this is happening is partially that maybe and then also because they played Notre Dame last week. And, and national, the national fan, just in general, like somebody that doesn't maybe watch SEC football consistently in, in like other parts of the country, they saw that game on national TV against Notre Dame. Like, damn, they only lost to Notre Dame by five. Notre Dame is top ten. Notre Dame's legit. No, they're not. They're going to get beat by Wake Forest this week too. Ooh. Yeah, there's a hot take for you. Greg Dortch is going to absolutely torch them. They're going to oh, get beat. Chris, this, this I like next, it. They're going to lose in their next three games. I will bet any amount of money. They play. Wake Forest, Stanford, and someone else, I don't even care who the last one is, they're going to get beat. Yeah, um, I would agree that offensively they're not at the level that no. we thought they were after like the first half. Right, and Michigan. that's not taking anything away from Vanderbilt because I think Vanderbilt is a better team. than, And I was really impressed with what they did in South Bend. Same. However, I think the national, the average college football fan is the best way to put it. The average college football fan left that game or seeing that score and was probably like, Pfft. Vanderbilt's really good, dude. Vanderbilt's really good. They almost beat Notre Dame. That's like a caveman mentality. So that's the Vandy side. The South Carolina side is that you got a team that's coming off a, a game that was rained out because of Hurricane Florence and because what we saw from them two weeks ago against Georgia was obviously ugly. And yeah, the one win that they have on the year is against FBS Coastal Carolina. See, I remembered. Um, Chanticleer, so so there's there's something else that that I think is is taken into consideration, and I think this even goes back to the the season long over under that that was set for Carolina at seven, and I think that yeah. what is being taken into account is the fact that South Carolina was six and one in one possession games last right. year, and I think that there is some regression that is expected, and if you just look at South Carolina the way that it performed against the rest of the division and against in these crossover matchups, it's like I've lost Kentucky for four straight years, it's. 
it's still a little bit hard for people to say that South Carolina, a team that has spent one week in the AP Top 25 in the last four years, essentially, is worthy of being this team that should be favored by a right. touchdown on the road. So I, I kind of get that. I kind of so get that. Logical. I know that's that's too logical, but I, I don't. I, okay, let's back off the logic. Let's no, let's no, talk about. No, no, that's good. I mean, that, that makes sense. So what I like about Vandy and what I like uh, about Derek Mason is that he is continuing in a way to remind people about just how good they were against Notre Dame because he obviously got under Brian Kelly's skin because Brian Kelly came out and said that Vandy was playing you know, quote-unquote bad football. Some of the blocks that Vandy had in that game, Brian Kelly did not approve of. Uh, Derek, Mason, Derek Mason clapped back. Uh, yeah, Brian Kelly to me is like is a very tough person to be criticized by because he seems like, I've never done anything wrong. Never done anything wrong. Deflect He's blame. He's always Deflect so blame. angry and red-faced. He seems like every Little League parent that has, like, been ripping off the flask in, like, the parking lot and is yelling at the umpire. That's that's what I look at. That's what I see when I see Brian Kelly. That ain't a strike, Blue! Yeah, well, they're nine, so let's just tone it down a notch, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like... I want the Derek Mason Brian Kelly war to continue. Oh, um, it's a, it's smart from a recruiting standpoint to be linked with Notre Dame and then just be like, hey, you know, you guys beat us yeah. by one possession. We were goal line fumble away from winning that game. <laughs> that's what he's like. That's his pitch. Yeah, it's we a smart almost pitch. Beat Notre Dame. Don't do that. Hey. Cause that's really what I just talked against in the Vegas thing. You got to get creative when you're Vandy. All right, you got to got to get a little creative. So. It would be an awful, awful look if South Carolina, and I'm, I, I think South Carolina wins this game, but if South Carolina gets off to an 0-2 start in the SEC, yeah, yikes. Yikes See, for I Brian just... McClendon. Yikes for the, the, the rebranding of that, that offense. Yikes for Jake Bentley. Yikes for all of these things that we've been talking about with South Carolina all offseason as being the second best team in the division and making that next step under Will Muschamp. I would not like the chances of that with a loss no. to Vandy, obviously. So, and here's what I'll say, and I'm I we're gonna get to the picks later, but it's good now to bring this up. One, we we still have to go over the power rankings for the best dancers in the SEC as the head coaches. Oh um, yeah, definitely gonna circle back to that. Yeah, uh, that's why we brought Derek Mason, obviously. But I can tell you right now, after watching and hearing from like back home, like my family, like like the people like that are in Columbia, people that are in the state of South Carolina. There's no better rallying point and like let's circle the wagons and and like become like more I guess closer, I guess, and like unified than stuff like this is happening with Hurricane Florence. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and I think I think stuff like that, you get an extra week off and you get an extra week off to regroup after just being dismantled by Georgia. And then you yeah. finally have like you, you they definitely want to get back on the field first off. Oh, absolutely. And the fact I that that game got rained out last week was, yeah, yeah that you're 100% right about that. I think guys wanted to get that bad taste out of their mouth. That, if right. There was ever a game that they wanted to, to get out there and play. Of course, uh, circumstances prevented that. But, yeah, this is going to be a game that could end up being a, a down-to-the-wire game, and we're left thinking, ah, Vegas is actually smarter than we are. Imagine that. That's a so, bunch of basura. <laughs> If you're trying to get tickets, sorry, got me choked up. Uh, if you're if you're trying to get tickets to South Carolina Bandy, any game in the SEC, you know what you should do. You should call on our friends at Ticket City. Little, little peel behind the onion here. Ticket City hooked us up last week. Yeah, Ticket they City, did. Ticket City had some pretty sick seats for the the Bama Ole Miss game. That was uh, that was that was pretty nice, Ticket City. Thank yeah. you for. Yeah, thank that, you very way. much for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so SDS is excited to be partnering once again with Ticket City for all their ticket needs. Our relationship with them goes back several years. 1894. As they 
Yes, uh, people might forget that. Uh, as they continue to be a leader in the ticket space, especially for college football fans, get it to, getting tickets for college football games could not be easier when using Ticket City. Yeah. And they have the best prices. All you got to do, you're going to use promo code CMBF10. That's CMBF10. You're going to get 10% off your tickets now. Whether it's for this upcoming Saturday or for later in the season, get your tickets now on Ticket City. Uncle Chris in the house. Yeah, we're actually in, just piggybacking with that Ticket City thing. It really is. Those were great seats. We had a blast. I'm actually going to Tuscaloosa with some buddies of mine from Missouri on October 13th. Six of us. Hard to find six tickets together. Guess where we went to? What? What? Boom. Ticket Boom. City. There you go. That's Uncle Chris in the house. We got over-unders. We got over-unders, but not yet to our picks. So okay. I want to do this for games in the SEC that, okay, let's be honest. We're not picking them to go down to the wire. No. Sorry, Arkansas. We're not expecting you to hang on the entire time yeah. against Auburn. And I know Just, we said pray for Carolina, but really when you do that, also pray for Arkansas because they got to go to Auburn this week, oh. who, who got beat last week. Yeah, good luck with that. And, and I'm sorry, Skip Holtz, but I don't think that – even though your dad said that you think you could win, I'm sorry. I'm not a believer that you're going to win at LSU. I'm just not. I'm, and I, I recently I'm sorry. started reading Lou Holtz's tweets. and um, Fire. Uh, man, I just read it in his voice. and it's, it, is, <laughs> God. it is next level. It's my favorite. Yeah, so that's, that's like 21 and a half point line. Real quick about Lou Holtz. Fun fact about him. If you actually talk to him on the phone, he doesn't have a lisp, which makes no sense whatsoever. You have a bad connection. What are you on, Sprint? No, on I, was on a, I was on a great connection. Does not have a lisp whatsoever. It blew I my knew mind. He was just doing that to be likable on TV. I knew. Oh, it. I know. It's definitely. There's no way you'd be in charge of a TV or a, like a group of college kids for that long and be that successful. It's it's like a, it's imagine a giving a pregame speech. Oh yeah, I, I don't know how he does a lisp. Ooh, I don't hey, know. Gosh. I don't think. I think that would take. <laughs> I think that would take away from it. Um, <laughs> who holds though? Just coming up with those unbiased takes uh, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's let's okay, do a little you, over you under. Shoot these out, and I'll, I'll give you yes or no. I will set the over under for you, and you tell me what you want to take. How about okay. the references to Chad Morris rebuilding versus Auburn rebuilding? Anytime the word rebuilding is said, yep. the over under is going to be set at eight point five. Over in the first quarter. Wow. Because they are yeah. not going to have a lot to talk about. The only okay. reason this game is going to be remotely close is because Malzahn and Morris are boys. And they're Good from point. Arkansas, or as I like to call it, the Brozark Mountain, dude. Woo! That was a lot. I've never heard you say that. I, well, I've been watching Ozark on Netflix, so that's why. So you just came up with that. So yeah, now you're morning, trying to make actually. it a thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I thought, okay. Well, yeah, but anyway, over, over eight and a half. Next All question. Right. How about Arkansas interceptions thrown? Now, keep in mind, they threw six last week. So we're going to set the over-under at 3.5. I mean, against my better judgment, I'm going to go under. Because that's a three interceptions is too many, and if they Someone throw, would say that they, about six. <laughs> I would say that about six. If they throw, if they get to a point where they throw three interceptions, I would have to trust the fact that Chad Morris would would just run the football every down for the rest of the season. And like this yeah. throwing thing, not not for not us. Working. Or maybe like go go back to like like te- like reteaching fundamentals, like like maybe making his quarterbacks. Do like that stand up tall backpedal drop back like they did in like the sixties. Hold Ooh, the ball like right up next to your ear, see, and just backpedal and make sure you don't fall over, and then throw <laughs> it to one of those those split ends running down the field. 
That's the forward pass. That's the forward pass. How about how about pop passes? He just uses those exclusively. Yeah. Like what Benny Snell did this past weekend. Little, little pop pass. You, you still yeah. get the passing numbers up. Everybody wins. Or, or, and I yelled this last week when Saban lined up to kick a field goal on the 20-yard line. And I was like, punt it! <laughs> punt it! And he missed the field goal. Maybe we, maybe we just try three downs. We'll ease our way into four, Chad. Maybe we, maybe we just, or... Maybe you don't punt at all. Maybe you just go for it every time because you have nothing to lose. Except I mean, you didn't just get upset really against, Lu- against North Texas. You got – I mean, that is the best directional school in Texas. Some would say that. Some yeah. would say that. But, yeah, I mean. Let's, let's stick with the, the Arkansas offense. <laughs> Arkansas quarterbacks used 2.5. How many did they use last week? Three. Uh, I'm going to say three. Yeah, over. Yeah, definitely take the over on that one. He he might just start turning to running backs. It might get to that Not, point. Just go go uh, wild, and, wild hog. Why can't wild he do the wild hog? hog? And, maybe, and we talked about this before, and I know I said it as a joke, but maybe it's time we look at within ourselves to see if it's not a joke anymore. Maybe some of these quarterbacks are left-handed and they don't know it. Maybe. Gosh. Do you know it, how many- Arkansas fans, we feel for you. If you're still listening to this and if you want to like listen to football, still- if you want a, a place to talk, like let us know. Send us an email. Yeah, um, I'll give you my therapist's number. He's great. Uh, yeah, we're, we're here for you. We're going to get through this. Yeah. We're going to get through this. It's going to be tough. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. And Auburn fans, we're going to get through this too, but there are going to be a few references on Saturday. They're going to be really rough. So let's set the over-under at the amount of times that Auburn fans have to leave the room because of a Cole Tracy kick replay. Let's set the over-under at 1.5. They'll show it one time at the beginning of the broadcast, and that'll be it. So I'm going to go under on this. I will say what a better question is, how many uncontrollable, irrational outbursts are going to happen when they do bring it up or they even think about it and they start yelling about the refs? Oh, that's... See, that's interesting. And I love it's, it. The Auburn Creed. Well, Auburn fans had a problem with the way that the game oh ended. Or there was, oh, they, they didn't I like just, a pass interference. But I know. We, so we, I already, yeah, I, I know. I already know. They're so good. and just, I know that, that that was a tough ending. But, like, dude, this is your sweet spot. This is your sweet spot. Like, you had the whole rest of the year. You guys are good. Let's Look go on. Motivating everyone right now. You are motivating everyone. Maybe a revenge game is the ultimate motivator. How many revenge game references do we get on the broadcast? I'm going to set the over-under at two. Zero. What? what no, like revenge game? game, like they're angry, you know, coming off of a loss. I shouldn't uh, say revenge. Revenge yeah, is the wrong word. angry after a loss? Yeah, that'll, that'll be like 17. And, yeah, and like I a, don't think they will. I think they will be, but like these two teams are so unevenly matched. And I think that, you know, again, the brothers from the bros arcs. I don't think Malzahn's going to run the score. I'm trying to make up. fetch a thing, all right? <laughs> Listen, Gretchen. Let's let's go to the other side of the coin with uh, with LSU coming off of course the big time win at Jordan Hare. How many sleeper game references do we hear in the LSU Louisiana Tech broadcast? I'm going to set the over under at 2.5. Oh yeah, way over. These are good. This is getting good. Okay. We're getting yeah, into the I, meat of these things right here. These are good. Let's let's circle back to Skip Holtz, our new. Well, Lou Holtz is our best friend. Skip Holtz. You got a speech impediment. We'll Why are you naming your kid Skip? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a questionable call. How many times are we going to be reminded on the broadcast that Skip Holtz is in fact Lou Holtz's son? I set the over under three point five. Let me just stop for a second and let you know that not once have we said the number sixty nine, and for that I'm very proud of us. 
I can't send over under at six point nine. <laughs> that's tr- that's that's reaching. We, we I, can't do that. I think this. I would say over over three and a half. Easy. Why did your mind go to sixty nine? Because we were talking about numbers. <laughs> Goodness gracious! And I saw the completion. I saw the completion thing down here. That's why. Okay, let's. You segued into the next one. References to Joe Burrow's completion percentage on the broadcast. I'm going to say the over under is six point five. I'm going to say it's under, but it should be way higher. Like the, yes. I think they'll go under, but man, he's last. He is last in the conference. Hey, that's why Jordan Rodgers says he's not a top ten quarterback in the I SEC. Rodgers, we're gonna get to you. Yeah, we're gonna get. To, we're gonna get to him. Um, okay, how about this? The rear view mirror references in the Ole Miss oh, Kent State that's game. That's such a good one. That's I'd we're, say over. Okay, the the over under is one point five. So you're saying multiple times this gets yeah, brought up. That's rear a good view reference. mirror. Yeah, big Look time rear view mirror game. Uh, I'm all about that, that's the thing. Like if, when you're covering games, a lot of times, like you know, I'm covering this from the comfort of my own home, and I listen yeah. to a lot of things that the broadcast says. I love, I love all the cliches. I, I, I am so here for them. I'm big for big on broadcast narratives and stuff going in, and and they all get thrown out in the first five minutes when they do the little, you know, pregame. Yeah, pregame. Yeah. Or they're so, awkwardly facing the, like the screen, and they're like they're in this like little small cubicle where they're having to film it. And they're like. So Joe, and it's like some behemoth, and like, and then the, the camera there. comes in yeah. with with yeah, just on him. And you're like, oh, there's another person here. Commentators, like size wise, it's always like some very short, small, polished guy, and he's like looking up to this ogre towering over him. He's like, well, that's what I played. And his hands are always huge, big hands, big hands guy. I shout hate cliches. To, shout out to my fellow short guy Adam Amin, who crushes it on the he's ESPN awesome. broadcast. He yeah. is fantastic, but he's a he's one of those guys. I think he's like five six or something like that, five seven, and. He gets in those situations with a lot of the former players, and I mean, you know what? you got to make up for it with your voice, and that's what he does. You know how I can tell you never worked at a bar? It's because you use the phrase, I, I love the cliches. Because there's nothing worse than being like, going to work, in quotes, and hearing somebody be like, hey, if I was doing any better, I'd be two of me. Like, what? No, there wouldn't. And you're not going to float away if you have more water. That's not a real thing. That's not how water works. <laughs> or floatings. Anyway, last one. Last, <laughs> last over-under, passing yards for Jordan Ta'amu. JT, our guy. We're going to set the over-under at 400. That's I know so that's many. high. <laughs> I so know many. that's high. Hey, old brother, if, I, if there was any more of me, there'd be two of me, huh? I have to say uh, over, because I think that you need to get him back on track. I think they're going to throw the blank out of the ball. And also, yeah. they're 28. They are favored the same amount of points as Bama is against A&M. They're favored the same amount of points against Kent State. So I'm not saying that's a like, – brag on Bama. I'm saying this game maybe will be closer than people think. Like, I mean, they, they Southern Illinois was in it until the third quarter. Yeah, just in terms of why he would be staying in the game, why That's he would continue meant, yeah. to throw. That's, okay, I see, Those I see where you're going I was trying to that. say in my mouth, but I couldn't say him out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Ole Miss defense, not exactly uh, the 70s Steelers right now, not the Steel Curtain. Let's, let's move on to some exclusive Uncle Chris talk. We got our friends from my bookie who are setting the over or setting the lines for these week four games. We got a little promo code for them, don't we? We do. So shout out to our friends at my bookie. Make sure again, still using the promo code SDS. They will match your initial deposit initial deposit up to hundred percent. And not only that, what time is it right now, Connor? Uh, it's quarter past freckle. Hey, old brother, it's five five o'clock somewhere. Am I right? Uh, if you use the promo code SDS twenty five. Uh, after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
you get an additional $25 in addition to the 100% bonus. That's a two-player sway. That is $100, 100% plus $25. That was a lot of math. Did you think I'm, of 69? I hate you so much. Uh, no, but actually, 100% go over to our friends at my bookie. They're the best. In-game lines, over-unders, props. It's all there. All there at your discretion or at your disposal. That's the word I'm looking for. Not good with words today. No. Confidence off the charts. Sweating a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So we're moving in to, oh, this is, okay, here we go. So our week four games, are you ready? I'm born ready. I I still don't know what that means because I was definitely not ready to pick games when I was an infant, but I'll I'll pretend like I was. Hell, I mean, if if I'm doing pretty well, if I wasn't, who'd, who'd care? How's it go? I don't know. Your drunk guy at the bar invitation needs some work. <laughs> no, trust me, it does not. I've honed in on that one. Uh, Georgia at Missouri. Georgia is a 15-point favorite. Line originally opened at 15.5, currently at 15. What do you say, I have? Uh, give me the dogs to cover against uh, an SEC East team, which Georgia's lost one game, or Georgia's won one game by less than three scores against what SEC East teams hell? dating back to the start of 2017. So, yeah, not buying the belief that Mizzou at the line of scrimmage is going to be able to hang with the Dallas. Hell, if I want to do algebra, I'd go back to 11th grade, Connor. Man, you're sticking on that, aren't you? <laughs> That's the rest of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. This is another feature that I love at my bookie. You can buy up to three points. Yeah, a lot of people think, well, that's, that's kind of dumb. The odds aren't as much as your favorite. Yeah, they are, because if it's at 15, I bet it's going to be around a two-score game. Could be a 17-point game. I'm going to take the dogs. I'm going to buy it down to 13. I like Georgia on the road because of how many yards Missouri's defense gave up last week to per don't. You love that reference. Up next, Kitt State going to La Friendly Confines of Oxford and La Grove. After seeing last week... The atmosphere for a place like that, that, you know what, Ole Miss, I got to give you credit because your team is not going to a bowl game. Mm -mm. It's not. We know that. And I know that place cleared out in the second half. With good reason. Yeah, with good reason. You don't stick around for 42-7. But my goodness, that atmosphere was fantastic. I wish, I wish we could have at least seen a few more scores after that opening touchdown of DK Metcalf just to see that atmosphere. To cover the over. Right, exactly. Uh, Give me... Give me the Rebels coming off a game where they were embarrassed offensively. Yeah. I think that they, they, they pour gasoline on the fire. and yeah. Now you're talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that really was still can't say enough about it. That was so much fun. I never thought partying with that much older Southern money with guys named like Thurston would be would be fun. But it was a blast. Thurston By the way, were awesome. Real quick, I had multiple people reach out to me on Twitter say that Uber was down in Oxford, and it wasn't just, that's not how it normally is. There's non-monopoly on Uber drivers. Did they people? wanted to let me know that it's not normally like that, and it's usually fine, but it was just that weekend specifically. I had multiple people come out and say that, so I, just, I stand corrected. Why does everyone reach out to you on Twitter? How come no one ever reached out to me on Twitter? I've got a fr- friendly face? I don't know. Maybe it's just i got a punchable face, a more approachable face. That's better. I'm the punchable face. As I've been told before. I like Ole Miss to cover, too. I think it's going to be about 59 to 24. That's uh, the score I'm going to go with. I think they will cover. Um, let's skip over some of these good games. Let's go to some of these other games here. Louisiana Tech, 21.5-point underdog on the road in Death Valley against LSU. Interesting point here, Connor. The money line or the um, the odds are not the same. Usually they're at minus 110, as I've taught you, um, to take the or to, whichever team you're going to bet on. It is minus 105 for LSU to cover. It is minus 115 for Louisiana Tech 
to cover the 21 and a half. In that case, give me Louisiana Tech to cover. Okay. Um, and that's not, I'm not hating on LSU. I'm not doubting the body of work. Body work, as I've said, best resume in the country right now. Yeah. No doubt about it. I just think they're coming off of a, of a high like last week and having to, to turn around. And I know it's a night game at home, and, and LSU fans always get excited for that. But I think maybe a little bit of a slower start. And people are kind of like questioning early on, hey, what's, what's, what's going on here? They end up winning this game you know, by three scores easily. Yeah. But I think for like five minutes, Lou Holtz is, is having a nice glass of milk at home, and he's feeling pretty good about himself. Hey, well, I'm going to say, Colin, we're going to come on here. We're going back to Death Valley. Tiger coming home, okay? Tiger got out of cage last week. Somebody <laughs> let the cage open. We had to get all down there and get that eagle in our mouth because we got a little taste of the eagle. We going back down by Baton Rouge. We going to play Louisiana Tech. I don't like Tech. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. I don't like Tech. You ever call Comcast customer service? It ain't good. Oh, tech support. Geek squad. Okay, here's the thing. And I had to do this because... We got we got a lot of good reviews on the Coach O thing. And I'll I'll be honest, it wasn't even my best work last week. It was 1.30 in the morning we were recording. Not even my best effort. Sick so brag. thanks for the support. The people on Facebook and the people that emailed us and messaged us and messaged me with some just aggressive <laughs> responses about how disrespectful about how disrespectful I was being to Coach Ordron. I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I could not <laughs> care less <laughs> that you would be that upset about it because it's obviously a joke. We love Coach O, and if you think we there's love any... Coach o. I love Coach Orgeron. If you think there's any part of me that is going to back off betting on him now after what happened last week, dead wrong. They are going to cover 21.5 points. I'll buy it down to 20. And, yeah, this... Uh, choo-choo, all on board. All on board, Coach O Express. I'm so down for that. I'm so down for for this being something that we actually can follow all season where Coach O is competing. You know, he's get Coach O talking about the playoff and get him talking about this and that. I'm here for it. He's gonna start wearing sunglasses inside. He he tried to Dougie the other day. Isn't that what he was trying to do? And now we're gonna talk about that here in a minute with our our dance power rankings. But yeah, but yeah. Um, Next game here, we've got, let's go Arkansas Auburn. We've actually already covered it. Auburn 27 and a half points. Quick thoughts on that. Uh, Auburn, thoughts and prayers, Arkansas. Yeah, completely agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mainly because I already said it, but it's fine. Um, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. South Carolina opened at two and a half, currently at one and a half. Oh, it's down to one and a half? Yeah. Take my money, Vegas. South Take Carolina. It. Take the money line. I mean, <laughs> just, I, we, ugh, this, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Vanderbilt is legit because they barely lost to an overrated Notre Dame team. I don't know, but I, I like this spot for Carolina a lot, but Vegas is always up to no good. <sighs> um, let's see here. Florida, Tennessee. Florida, four and a half point favorite. I'm going to take... I, I, I know I get a lot of a lot of flack from Florida fans saying I hate on the Gators. I do not hate on the Gators. I hate on Felipe Franks' ability to beat Power 5 teams. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee to win outright. God dang it, Connor! Almost said Sorry. a bad word there. That's what Sorry. I was gonna do. Take take give me the balls. Give me Jeremy Pruitt to not have guys left wide open, which is what Felipe Franks needs to be able to throw the right. ball. Not buying the Gators offensive line yet. Don't think it's been good enough. Don't think nope. that they're gonna be able to run the ball. 
consistently the way that I thought or they were going to the coming into the year or stop the run. Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I think Tennessee wins an ugly, ugly game. Maybe if it's like a 17-14. We're talking a Big Ten football. We're talking a Little League World Series score here. We're talking like a 13-4. to Punts on punts on punts, punts man. Punts on punts on punts. Um, moving on to the next game. I'm going to save your favorite team for last. We'll go to my favorite team now. Texas A&M, a 27-and-a-half point underdog on the road in Tuscaloosa. Give, give me Bama. I, there's, I, 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 maybe this stays close for a little bit longer than we've seen just from Louisville and from yeah. last week against Ole Miss. Maybe it, it's like still only a two-touchdown game in the second quarter uh, and Tua doesn't come to the sideline and basically be done for the day. But no, I, I still think that Bama wins this game by like, Five touchdowns. I mean, I, I, I and I and I'm a believer in AM. Like I'm a believer in the in, the, in the year like one it. turnaround. But I just think that Bama is on that that different level. I know that's a lot of points, but sorry, can't resist. Call me Journey, dude, because I you've stopped believing. I'm I'm still believing. Just not okay. Here's the Bama. thing. Here's the thing. Asterisk. And I thought about this the other day, and I'm not trying to. This is going to come off as me being a homer and blah 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 blah. Oh, quick thing, real quick about the Florida game that we just brought up. The only questions I've got on Twitter from people have not been the fun interactions. It was a really cool Florida fan that reached out and then got me involved in an argument I didn't want to be in because he said Felipe Franks would have been the best quarterback at Bama under Saban. I don't have enough time on this podcast (laughs) to explain how horrible of a take that is. Yeah, I just wanted you to agree with me in public. Anyway, the Bama game, I thought about this the other day. (sighs) Damian Harris had five carries for 62 yards against Ole Miss. Obviously, A&M's defense is better. We are three games in. Bama has put up 50 points in every single game. It's never happened in SEC history, right? Right. We've seen a lot from Jerry Judy. We've seen a decent amount from Tua. We haven't really even scratched the surface of what that whole offense is capable of doing. So With remember Damian when Harris I, getting 15 carries. Remember when I said that Damian Harris wasn't going to get the volume to warrant even yeah. first-team All-SEC honors? This is why. Yeah, you're right. You were right. I don't say that enough, dude. I don't say. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say it right now. I respect the hell out of you. Uh, yeah, I mean you're right because you got to get Najee Harris the ball. You got to get Josh Jacobs the ball. That's just at running back. Irv Smith has been a pleasant surprise at tight end. Bama's never used a tight end, hardly ever. You know who hasn't even come into the fold yet and probably will at some point this weekend or soon? Jalen Waddle. Your boy. He, that kid is probably the most electric player they have on offense outside of Tua, and he has barely played. Bama by a thousand. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get that. I knew that. I knew it was no, coming. I, it was just a matter of time. I, I just. I think it's hard for me to say they're going to score under forty, and it's hard for me to say that A and M is going to score over fourteen. That's where I'm at right now. Emotionally, all right, Chris, we get it. You're a Bama fan. Let's move oh, on. shut up. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I've I've sat here all along. I said Ole Miss was going to put up thirty against them. I thought it was going to be closer. I've just never seen anything like this before. It's just kind of cool, man. Would you just be quiet so we can talk about Mississippi State? All right. Yeah, absolutely. You know what else I've been working on? My my impressions is the uh, is like the the Southern lady at the tailgate from last week. Y'all make sure you come in here and get anything you want to eat. Y'all had anything to eat yet? Y'all want a Miller Lite? I don't remember her name yet, but she was super she was super the nice. Best. She was like, if you could draw up so- Southern hospitality oh. and just put it in a per- like that was it. That was it right there. She looked was- like one. Of the- she looked. This is a- and this is a hundred percent. This is what every mom looked like at the tailgates, and I mean this in the utmost respect. Remember those Publix salt and pepper shaker commercials from Christmas, like a, like in the in the nineties? She's like this big old huggable person. No, all right, cool. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, didn't grow up. Didn't grow up in the <laughs> South. In case you couldn't tell by the way that I talked, but you don't yeah. know what Publix is. 
No, I go to Publix every day, but I didn't grow up at, uh, going to Publix in the 90s. <laughs> All right. I wish I could have been going to Publix in the 90s. Don't I get was me going wrong, to but. Ingles and the pig. All right. Mississippi State, nine and a half. Actually, it's up to 10, uh, which is perfect. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Who you got? Cash is king. Still think Mississippi State covers, even though I, I will admit I've been wrong. I was wrong about Kentucky, and Kentucky definitely has the ability to surprise the Bulldogs. And that's not my way of trying to straddle the fence. I think Mississippi State is, is still on a different level that, than Kentucky. I think the defensive line for for the Bulldogs ends up containing Benny Snell, and when Benny Snell is contained, it's really really tough for Kentucky to get going. Don't think Terry Wilson is able to have the same kind of success he did against Florida. Give me MSU to cover, win by at least two touchdowns, maybe three. Uh, to quote the late, great Tom Petty, oh, my, my, oh, snail, yes. He didn't no, say I that. just wanted to say that. But, he I mean, I, yeah, I think Mississippi State wins. I think it's closer than the experts think, in quotes. I think it's 28-20 Mississippi State. I think it's a defensive slugfest. Let's move on to fourth and wrong. Hold We've got on. some good ones. Real quick. We had to talk about this real quick. Because Coach O got in the Dougie this past week. Okay, Real quick, we we're going to touch on this more on Sunday. But this is something we've been working on here. It's very important. Coach dance move power rankings. Okay. <laughs> That's where we're at. So I want, this, is, this is what I want out of this. I want to get y'all's feedback. I'm going to tell you real quick who I have in my top three. I have Saban. I have at three. I have Orgeron at two because nobody's pulled off the Cotton Eye Joe turned into a Dougie and I don't know how long. I have Derek Mason one. I want to get y'all's feedback, the SDS listeners. Send us a message on Facebook or on, on Twitter or on Instagram. I want to read these on Sunday and get your feedback on it. Now let's move one, on to fourth and wrong. One big omission, Dan Mullen needs to be part of At the very bottom? Group. Oh, he's uh, at the bottom. He's at the no, bottom he's three. No, he's at the top. He's at the top. My favorite? No, he's, he's terrible. He, nobody wants to dance with him. Every time. Literally every time he's tried to dance with Florida's teammates, he's been like, come on, guys, huh? Huh, who's in? Stop. All right, that was just Felipe Franks, and that's because Felipe Franks and is too cool for school. Dance. All right, but if people dance with him in the locker room, don't talk, don't sell Dan Mullen short. Into it. Like right, Sadie let's... Hawkins, that was terrible. Um, Fourth and wrong. Let's do go it. Go ahead. You, you're up first. Oh, wait, I'm up first. I have to read them, don't I? Yeah, you got to read them. Okay. The way first this works. question. <laughs> first question is. So this is from one of my favorite followers on um, Instagram's Cole Miss twenty two. His name's Cole. In that's pretty cool. It's pretty sick. Um, he said, since you hate Florida Georgia Line, who are your favorite real country artists? I think we've answered this before, haven't we? No. Uh, if Okay, so I'll say this. If I could see anyone in concert right now that Let's I haven't seen before. Your favorite band and your favorite country artist. There, there you All go. right, favorite country artist individually, it's Kenny Chesney or Tim McGraw. Oh my God, of course it is. If, if, if it's a group, I said real I'm a country. Big, I'm a big. I'm a, Tim McGraw is real country. Come Kenny on. Kenny Chesney ain't. He's Jimmy Buffett. Eh. Going ball. Eh. If if we're going group, I'm a big Zach Brown band guy, and I know that yes. they've they're a little bit more of the you know eclectic. Haven't necessarily just stayed right in country, and they've kind of you know gone into a little bit of a different avenue. But yeah, they're they're my favorite group probably. Okay, it's better than Kenny Chesney. Nobody got calf implants as a real country singer. I will say Tracy Lawrence Pandora is my go-to. I love me some Tracy Lawrence Pandora. Little Doug Stone in there, little Clay Walker. Listen right. to you. Love that. Favorite band? Churches with a V. Gonna see you next month. Can't wait. We grew up in different places, man. <sighs> Churches is awesome. It's, it's a 1A, 1B thing with them and the Naked and Famous. If you guys have heard them, pop that bad boy in. Like it's a cassette, I guess. Anyway. Uh, up <laughs> it's not country. That's just my favorite band. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, up next. 
This is from Anna Lee McHale on Twitter. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? Horace Grant, not close. <laughs> if you if y'all watched the Facebook Live, you saw my Horace Grant shirt. I'm sitting in a room right now that has an autographed Horace Grant picture, sick brag. I've got two shirts, two Horace Grant shirts on the Bulls. I live in Orlando. Every time I'm at the Amway Center, I take a picture with the Horace Grant mural that's on the side of the building for some reason, even though he played there for two years. Yeah. Um, I'm as big of a Horace Grant fan as you will meet. Yeah, that's an answer you didn't think you'd get. Besides his parents, I guess it's the only other Horace Grant fans. Nope. Horace Grant is the one with the giant rec specs. He looked like a like black Chris Sabo from from the um, Reds. They had the same kind of rec specs. They looked exactly alike. I wore those goggles when I was two, oh and I rocked the crap out of them. Let okay. me tell that you. That sentence is just so much, but I love it. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we brought that question up because my favorite thing you just said was the, the Horace Grant thing. The favorite thing from the weekend was you going, yeah, this is like one of three Horace Grant shirts I have. And I was like, well, that's too, Multiple. too many. <laughs> um, okay, mine would be Mickey Mantle. That was my favorite growing up. Chipper Jones for a you're, active You're player. a Red Sox fan, though. Mickey Mantle, though. I was a switch hitter, and obviously you guys know I like to go out and have a good time. Mickey Mantle Goodness was gracious, my hero. Is that a big year going? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were going a different way with switch oh, hitter. Let's no, move on. No, no, absolutely not. Okay, last question. This comes from uh, Instagram. I'm having a hard time bringing up the guy's actual name, but we'll just bring it up real quick. If a girl says she, she wants to date a guy just like you, what do you say back to that? Your boy got put in the friend zone. We got to help him deal with it. I, I would respond to that with, well, being friends with you, I guess, is is all I got. Where do we go from here? Pat her on the back. Just, just get, just get it right out there. Just, just know that the friend zone is in full effect. If you ever hear a comment like that, and there's nothing you can do to change it. There's just nothing. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. That is perfectly worded, and and yeah, and that's and that's fine. That's, that's fine. Okay. That's, that's okay. That's okay. There's a lot of other girls out there. She, yeah, that's fine. And still be her friend. Yeah, like but there's nothing wrong with that. don't force the issue. Don't bring the issue up because she doesn't owe you that. And it's 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 always an uncomfortable thing. Being put in the friend zone sucks. And it happened to me all throughout high school. I went to yoga one time to get out of the friend zone. It didn't work. She's married now. Anyway, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, last question real quick. We have to bring this up. Rookie mistake at a tailgate. Go. Show up at 11 o'clock and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> like we did. Yeah. I would say my mine would be, um, and this is just for parties in general or being an adult, buying a six-pack of, oh, like of like a normal beer. Because That's I so inefficient. I, sh- I showed up. This is, this is one of the key moments of me growing up as a man. My friend Jeff, I showed up to this party, and I had like a six-pack of Bud Light. If it's like a six-pack of like a craft beer, you can't get a 12-pack in easily. That makes sense. But I showed up, and he's like, oh, my God, you look like an idiot. And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, Are you, you think there's a chance you'll drink more than 12 beers or six beers at some point? I was like, yeah, I guess. So that's what I would say would be your tailgate mistake. Moving on. Take it away, Connor. All right. This might mean too much. It hits close to home because I may or may not have, but definitely did just start a Twitter war with Jordan Rogers. Sorry. I I did. I I violated my rule of I got mad online. And it wasn't. Okay. So let me preface this by saying Jordan Rogers throughout his QB rankings, which I have had some very, very strong disagreements with in the past. I've always kept them to myself. But this one, I could stay silent no longer. And that is because he had Kyle Shermer at number five. I'm not a hater on Kyle Shermer. I have long since been a believer that he is at least one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. And I've you know said that he's a little bit better than he gets credit for at Vandy, all that stuff, whatever. But he had him ranked ahead of Jake Fromm. Right. <laughs> and 
<laughs> There's just so much wrong with that because to assume that Jake Fromm is still this guy who can't do anything because he's a freshman and he doesn't throw a billion times right. a game is ludicrous. So I threw that out there to, to Jordan Rodgers like, you know, I will take, I'll take Jake Fromm uh, every day of the week and a million times on Saturday. And then he responds with, this is, and this is what really set me off was that he said Kyle Shermer is an NFL quarterback and Jake Fromm is not. And he said that Jake Fromm is an, is an undrafted free agent. Now, I don't have the amount, like, when I saw that tweet, I was like, wait a minute. He had, like, he misspoke because uh-huh. at first he said Bentley or something like that. I thought maybe he was getting a little bit confused. No, he meant that Jake Fromm is not an NFL quarterback. Now, NFL draft scout, who's Matt Miller, uh, does great work for Bleacher Report, said a couple weeks ago, if Jake Fromm was draft, draft eligible, he would yep. be my number one quarterback this year. I'm, I'm gonna. We, we may or may not have got gone into it, and I I tweeted that at uh, Matt Miller as well, and at Old Takes Exposed, who liked it to make sure that they kept that one on yeah. file because he said that he doesn't think Jake Fromm is going to get drafted. It's one of the most asinine things I've ever heard in my life. And reading this, this is exactly like the, the guy that made that one comment about like, one of the guys always talks about playing college baseball, and I bring it up as a joke. If I was if I was breaking down every matchup in baseball as like an above average college athlete. That would be obnoxious, and this is what I feel like is happening here. I'm just going to go ahead and say that because he, the amount of he moved Nick Fitzgerald up five spots after playing an FC or a, a Group of Five team. He moved Tomu down seven spots. This is in a week. In one yeah. week, he had, oh, he, yeah. had Sher, he thinks Shermer's that good. He moved him up five total spots from ten to five ahead of From. Yeah, this Trash so this thing. started this started um, basically a lot of people got involved. Uh, shout out to our guy Luke Del Rio because yeah. he came to my defense. Uh, my guy. Uh, appreciate you listening, Luke. Um, uh, there were a lot of other people who joined in on this conversation as well, and that Jordan Rogers got very defensive. Said, "What, what was the comment that he had uh, about the podcast?" He's like, "Oh, would love to come on the podcast." Oh, this but- is so. I said, "Hey, y'all, we'll be talking about this and my theory on Jalen moving to kicker on today's pod in a new segment called Poop Emoji, Poop Emoji, Poop Emoji Takes." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, oh, I just t- realized I talked trash with the emojis. Damn it. You did. And, but anyway, he responded with, let me know if you need me to throw you a bone and come on your podcast to help actually get some listeners. Actually, never mind. I'm busy. Good luck. First off, Jordan, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't want you throwing anything our way because it probably won't be accurate. Second off, Woo! we've already been in the top 200 and, and on the iTunes rankings for over a month and a half. But thank you so much. Bless your heart. Thank you. Oh, the bless your heart. That's that's killer. Uh, yeah, and if people want to tweet at Jordan Rogers, like, hey, would you like to come on the podcast sometime and just kind of, you know, just flex your SDS pod muscles, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's your call. Definitely do that. So let's wrap things up with people who do like us. Five-star reviews. Tiger We've got, got out of the cage. Plenty of Tiger got out of the cage. That's a great reference. A fantastic <laughs> reference. I love Superbad. Um, so let us uh, read some five-star reviews here. This one is from MattQuack27. This says, by far my favorite podcast to listen to. Very informative and a lot of fun. Wish you guys would do a daily podcast. Hashtag go dogs. I don't know. The, the daily podcast. I'm I, sorry. I, we'll, we'll get there maybe eventually, but I, I'm not big on the idea of daily podcast. Yeah. But but, we, but I love the idea of people throwing out there and wanting more of us. Yes. I don't appreciate think the world that. needs that much Marler, but I love it. Yeah, no, I, I don't even need that much Marler. Uh, this is from Jamie75, subject line, required podcast if you are an SEC fan. Uh, Jamie 75 says, since I have discovered this podcast, I have wondered how I got through football season before without it. Keep up the great work. Keep up Thanks, the great guys. reviews. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate we appreciate that. that. We, we've I got really another one. This, oh, go ahead. No, we've got we got three more to get to. We've got some good ones. 
I'm going to breeze through. So we've got Cam Martin for Heisman, which the best subject line, yeah, we, as perfect. we know. Um, this is from uh, Tom underscore Dickerson. Uh, he says, so excited for a twice weekly podcast. Some people appreciate it twice weekly. Um, Y'all keep me entertained during lab work every week, and it's great to hear some SEC football talk while I'm stuck in the Northeast, Northeast where everyone seems to think Penn State is God's gift to football. Also, shout out to Chris for admitting Auburn girls are better looking than Bama girls. Even AJ McCarron agreed. Thanks for the last <laughs> and War Eagle from Ted. All right, Ted slash Tom. I, that, that is a great review. Uh, we've got another one. This is from Shows. Shows. S-C-H-O-E-Z. Uh, subject fun listen. Yeah, so this is a good listen if you like SEC football. And in parentheses, if you do not, go seek medical attention immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Light and loose. Uh, the hosts have excellent banter and keep things moving. They provide some insights into the games without trying to get overly into coach speak. I like that one. Yeah. Last one to close out. This is from J Bart sixty seven. Uh, <laughs> that was me doing you doing. Your, <laughs> yeah. Uh, subject line: Love listening to SDS. Uh, says commute an hour for work each way, and this keeps me entertained the whole way. Keep up the good work. Thank you so so much for those. Um, contrary to what Jordan Rogers says, we have people who listen, and we appreciate all of you guys and girls so so much. Just, it really does mean a lot. Yeah, really, it really honestly does. And and I, again, I know we brought it up on the Sunday podcast. Uh, it was so cool going through Oxford and Ole Miss, and and people seeing like this SDS stuff like on my shirt or whatever, and be like recognizing the podcast and bringing that up. I really really do appreciate awesome. that. So yeah, I know you got to go. It's been a fantastic little run here. This has been this has been a good episode. This is really good several episode. impressions. Really, we started. Myself. We started a beef. I think this I, is I our first official beef. I can't wait for this beef. to end in a diss track. If you think I won't record a rap song, going after Jordan Rogers' hair, you're you're dead wrong. And this is it frustrates me because I've had to watch The Bachelor with my girlfriend more than I've wanted to, and now you betrayed me, Jordan. Your season of The Bachelor was the most boring. Or Bachelor was the most boring ever. <laughs> I'm gonna only speak in Bachelor trash talk. <laughs> That's Trashler. More like the Trashler, dude. The most dramatic quarterback rankings reveal ever. Yes, I like. Yeah. <laughs> you would never get my rose, Jordan. <laughs> Make sure you're watching Facebook Live every Monday night and Saturday morning when Chris rolls, Uncle Chris rolls out of bed, throws you some winners. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram. Of course, you are crushing the Instagram game at Saturday Down South on Instagram. At Twitter, we are at the SDS Pod, at C Marler SDS, and at CJ O'Hara. Even you, Jordan Rod- Rogers. Remember the one most yeah. important thing. It definitely means too much. It definitely means too much. Strap in. Thanks. It's about to get fun, guys. Enjoy week four. <laughs>